گذاشتم Dispatches from Planet Funk. This is the Aced Out Podcast. Dedicated to all whom the man tried to ace out. By profiting from the soul. Without stopping to give props to the prophets of soul. You understood that correctly. My name is Ace Allen. A.K.A. Barack Wayne. And we're brought to you by the letter P. And we're sponsored by Pete. P-E-T-E. Otherwise called People for the Ethical Treatment of Ear Holes. Everybody around me is Funkin' Up Fam Affiliated, y'all. Because Funk is just fun with a K. That's why they call it Funky. What do you think about that, Jay? You know it. Good to see you, man. Yes, sir. The last time I saw you, uh-huh. I've had I've been in the ER, the emergency room twice since then. That's that. I've had hell of a time. So like the last time I went to the uh, emergency room, turns out I had an umbilical hernia. Uh, umbilical hernia. Yeah, right above my belly button. It's like a little ball, like a tennis ball in there, and it just yeah. um, just did not feel good. You said tennis ball. Like a tennis ball, yeah, yeah, right above my belly button. And um, I moved to this new apartment in Pacifica because I needed to move there for my asthma. More yeah. on that later. I've yeah. had problems with that too. And uh, I got, it's kind of janky. I got locked out of my new apartment. Like the lock didn't work and I couldn't get in. I really needed to get in because I needed to do some work. Didn't house the shit you lived in. Yeah, and I had my hernia, you remember. And so I had to hop over the balcony around the back. And, uh, how, how, how tall is it? It's not that tall, but it's a bit of a hop. It's a little bit of Barack Wayne, you know, okay. action flick kind no of doubt. action. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not like an action flick kind of guy, as we all know. Word. And uh, I had to hop over the balcony. I had my hernia. Oh, and it really messed it up. Anyway, um, I did get surgery last week. Wow. I'm recovering still. My stomach's all Jimi Hendrix-like, all purple. Mm. Um, it is healing. I can sit now, okay, before I could just stand and lay down. Okay. Uh, but I'm doing a lot better. Well, you're a trooper, man. I am a trooper because I tell you what, um, when we were doing the um, chocolate episode, our last episode, right. episode 27, y'all check it out. Chocolate from Graham Central Station. My cousin. Um, your cousin. Uh, when we were doing that, remember, I had a lot of asthma problems. I was That's taking right. prednisone, the steroid, and yeah. it had me all jacked up. I was trying to play music. And it, really, it was really uncomfortable that episode, although it was a great episode. I had yeah. a hard time doing it. Without. And uh, I was wondering what was wrong. And as soon as my prednisone wore, wore out, my lungs just like full, filled up again. With what? I don't know, just a phlegm, just like oh, uh, the pollen in the air uh, in the East Bay where I was living okay. over by Lake Merritt. And uh, so I had to go to the ER for that. And uh, I and had they flush in- you out. Well, they gave me antibiotics because I had an acute infection in my lungs. I, I had a lung infection, not COVID, but yeah. I had a lung infection. Yeah. Poor me, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. my God. Uh, somewhere along there, I got my truck broken into one, two, three, four times, mm. three times in the same month. And wow. uh, I've been going through it, but the world cannot get me down. You know why? No doubt, brother. 
because the man is here. Guy, we've been waiting to talk to you for a while. Guy yeah. that you helped uh, hook up here. Our brother, Stevie Panel. Stevie P is in the house. How you doing? Thanks, man. I'm good. All, all the way from Vegas, man. He loves it here, man. He said it could be 40 degrees. He loves how it's, like, cooler. Oh, no, no. He's been, like, yeah. burning over there. I miss the weather. And uh, he's also uh, get, he's also away from the scorpions right now, so he digs that too. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've been hanging out. He's a cool brother to hang out with. Yes, um, I've been talking to him, chopping up with him, picking him up at uh, Elsa Brandy, where his sister lives. Uh-huh. And uh, he's real good people, man. And we're gonna have a great episode. Uh, let me tell you about Stevie P. Go ahead. So, Parliament Funkadelic was this man's like big brother program, and he was like raised with this shit. Uh, Lige Curry, as you know, the great bass player, it's like an older brother to this man. Wow. Uh, former roommate to Eddie Hazel, Eddie Maggotbrain he- Hazel Imagine right that. here. Um, Gary Scheider was also a mentor to this man. Wow. Uh, when he was a teenager, he grew up in Southside Chicago. Okay. Blue Ross. Uh, but right. also spent a lot of time in L.A. <laughs> with his mom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, L.A., when he would go visit his mom, is where he met Tracy, you know, Trey Lude, uh, uh-huh. George's son. Yeah. And that's how they got on their thing together. Remember, we talked to Andre Fox that's back right. on uh, episode yeah. 19 that's about right. Plastic Brain Slam. Yeah. And he's part of that creation, so we're going to talk to him about it's that. It's actually Plastic Brain Flam. Flam. Wait, flam? I thought it was yeah. Slam. Flam. 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 Okay. Wow. Yeah. Don't ask me why I'm going to ask Tracy that. That's a whole <laughs> connection right there. I, I yeah. looked up online and it always says Slam. Is it Flam? It's Flam. Okay. Got you. I stand corrected. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's why you're here, man. And let me tell you something. This guy plays on some classic. He is on the Parlette album, Play Me or Trade Me, which no is doubt. fantastic. Including, he's a co-writer of uh, Funk Until the Edge of Time. Mm-hmm. He's on Electric Spanking and War Babies. Man, I love that album. That's my shit Classic. right there. He's on Trombipulation. I remember uh, uh, Shirley Hayden was big up in that album. She really loves that yes, album, too. Yes, yes. And then uh, with the Plastic Brain Flam, right. he did a bunch of songs, which wound up coming out later on George Clinton's Family Series. Uh-huh. Right. So this guy, I mean, he's on some big, big releases. No doubt, yeah. Also, he's got, we're going to talk about, he's got a new EP coming out that he uh, worked on with his brother some. It's just called Stevie P, right? That's the name right, of the EP. Right, and we're right. going to be listening to some songs Dope. from that. Um, let's see. We're all, we're also going to jam live in the studio. That's why we got our instruments here. Uh, Kyle Coyote Collins is in the booth waiting in the wings, waiting to come out here. He's going to get here on the skins. Mm-hmm. That's, that's Jay Stone's son. Making his debut as a drummer on the show. We're so excited. Boom. All right, all right. And this is just great, man. Uh, so, yeah, I referenced Chocolate's episode before. Check it out, episode 27. People For are sure. loving that. You like that, right, Stevie P? The yeah, chocolate episode? I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people are digging that. Really love what she had to say. So, just been getting a lot of positive con- uh, comments about the show and our two performances. So, you guys got to check it out. We actually played The Jam, The Jam by Graham Central Station. With yep. chocolate. She played on her bunk bunk. And we also did thank you for being myself again. And that's not the last time we're going to perform with her. So just keep your eyes peeled because yes. we are going to play with chocolate again. Mm-hmm. Um, upcoming A Style podcast shows, Jason. So I'm done moving and having a, you know, asthma attacks and umbilical hernias. <laughs> so we're back in the flow of getting shows done. Next. Our next show is going to have Rusty Allen of Sly and the Family Stone fame. Big time. 
And also, you know, he's he's bringing with him, which I didn't know at first, but I'm so excited, is Levi. Mm. Levi Caesar Jr. Man, that is nuts. Formerly dude. with Prince and the New Power Generation. That's nuts. And Scott me. and I, Scott Shepard and I went and saw the Purple Ones, which is a really great Prince tribute Trippy group yeah. uh, that Rusty plays in with Levi. Uh-huh. And uh, they were fantastic, man. Uh, they actually wow. have a pretty interesting set. They actually do some songs by like Vanity Six and the Time too. Okay. So they it's not just print. Thing. It's pretty creative uh, how they select their songs and stuff. They Sweet. were great. And uh, but Rusty's going to be playing one of his solo joints. Okay. He's going to be performing here also with the interview. Remember, Rusty was our very first guest, so we're really <laughs> glad to have him back. Again. We've had a couple false starts, so it's great to finally have him on the show. He has a new single out right now okay. called Gonna Take More by Rusty Allen, featuring D.D. Simon on vocals. Mm. All right. Um, Rusty also has a YouTube show. Have you seen that with Levi? They've had four episodes so far. Okay. I'm using it for research for the interview. And it's simply called the Rusty Allen YouTube Show. Mm -hmm. And that's with Levi. Levi's kind of like his co-host on that. Okay. Um, I'm really excited about... Oh, my God. So we'll be coming up on 30 episodes, Jason. Are you serious? Episode 30, we're going to talk to Ricky Vincent. I'm really excited about talking with Ricky Vincent. Ricky Vincent is the professor, the funk professor. He teaches at UC Berkeley. He wrote the book on funk, which came out in the 90s, which just had a 25-year uh, release. Yeah. Um, the, mu the funk, the music, the people, and the rhythm of the one is that book. That book changed my life. I think it came out in like 96, I think. Okay. And then I also just finished reading his book called Party Music. It's about the Black Panther Party band, the Lumpen, L-U-M-P-E-N. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh -huh. and, uh, and in the context of all other black soul music and sort right. of um, like uh, the black powered uh, sort of scene in the 60s into Please. the 70s and when yeah. it died in the 70s. And it's a really interesting book. And I read the whole thing um, to talk to him about it. Uh-huh. Ricky also hosts the History of Funk show on KPFA. That's a local here. It's on uh, Berkeley, but of course, everything is worldwide now. You can see, check yeah. it out on the internet. KPFA.org. Uh, they got all the old episodes on archive, mm -hmm. and it comes out every Friday for two hours, 10 yeah. to uh, 12. To midnight. Pacific Standard Time in America, US of A. Um, part of that show, because um, Ricky, you know, He's not going to jam on guitar or anything like Stevie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although that would be cool. Yeah, So we are going to do um, some music that show too. So we're going to have, um, we, well, I was going to have Gooch Gang come in, uh -huh. but Caliban, the one member of Gooch Gang, okay. he has some kind of personal issue. So shout out to Caliban. We're going to have Monster come in with his other homie, Dub Esquire. Okay. Both uh, Oakland rappers Dude. are phenomenal freestylers, fantastic. That's going to be Sweet. episode 30. I can't believe we've done 30, 30 episodes. episodes. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, one thing that was really cool um, that you found for us, Jay Stone, uh -huh. and I wanted to shout out. Shout out to the YouTube channel Real Reality Gossip. Oh yeah, and uh, they they officially used us as a source. They cited us. They cited us as a source um, for a little uh, episode they did called 
MC Hammer wasn't paying his dancers? Right. <laughs> it was like it was kind of like gossip about MC Hammer didn't used to pay his dancers. Right. And remember, we talked to uh, Sweet LD. Sweet LD. From uh, Oaktown 357. That's right. And uh, she talked to us about that. We yeah, talked to she her. went into all that. Yeah, yeah. She was in all the classic MC Hammer videos and also had her own group. And they didn't really get paid. And mm-hmm. she talked to us about that. Anyway, shout out to uh, Real Reality Gossip because they cited us. They said, Aced Out Podcast said. LD told Aced Out Podcast she and Terrible T had to regroup. LD told Aced Out Podcast we created something and shared it with everybody in the world. And today, they still look at us as someone who changed the dynamic for women in hip-hop. So thank you. I appreciate that. It's a dream come true. I promised I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to get it together. I want to do one more shout-out because if I don't say it, maybe nobody will say it. I want to shout-out... Um, okay, it's this musical artist called The Soul of John Black. Yeah. But it's John Bingham from the group Fishbone. Guitar player. Yeah, he was. He hasn't been in the group Fishbone for a long time, yeah, maybe like 20 time. years. Although he did rejoin uh, you, your brother and I. We saw him perform with George okay. and, and Atlanta, Atlanta, but he quit again like real quickly. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, blah blah blah. He has this group called Solo John Black because I was just I really like him, man. I think he's underrated. He wasn't even featured in the Fishbone documentary, what I thought was criminal. And uh, I got my fishbone shirt on today. So I want to shout out John Bingham. The soul of John Black is the group. And they have, I think, four albums, or at least four that I've found on Spotify. All right. I I highly recommend these albums. One is called Good Thing. The other is called Early in the Moaning. Get it? Moaning. Moaning. Black John. And then my favorite, the best one, I think, is called The Good Girl Blues. That's by the soul of John Black. A.K.A. John Bingham. It's like swampy, like slide acoustic, kind of like by funk. himself. It's just solo thing, or he got a band. Well, it's he's the leader of it, and I think okay. he kind of uses it as his artist name too. So okay. yes and no. I think he has right. some other people on it, but it's mostly yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think so. I'd like to see that. Um, I it has some badass lyrics too. Yes, yeah, so I'll share that with you. Yeah. Um, I wrote him an email, just begging him to come on the show. Come on, man. And uh, we still extend that invitation. Nobody interviews him. Nobody talks to him. And we would like to talk to him. Come on. And uh, I don't know if he's going to answer, but we still give that that invitation. He's a great songwriter, man. Uh, In Fishbone, he wrote the song Swim. And Uh he wrote uh, one of my favorite songs they did, The Storm, on the Give a Monkey a Brain album. Anyway, I just love him. And I just want to shout him out. One last thing uh, to shout out. Uh, We have our special, The Mayor's Mission. Check which features uh, Richard Segovia, The Mayor's Mission, that's an Aced Out podcast special, a celebration of Latin rock in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. featuring Timbali Terror from Puro Bandito, Richard Segovia, a.k.a. The Mayor of the Mission. Uh, we filmed that on location in La Raza Park and at Casa Bandito um, on York Street and here in San Francisco. It features performances and interviews with Malo, Johnny Gunn, Puro Bandito, Painter Michael V. Rios. That oh, was amazing. Man, that was crazy. That's where we met Juan Escovito. Uh, we talked to Juan Escovito there, and we interviewed him later on episode 25. Check that out. Yep. Ricky Versetti. Uh, Ricky Versetti, excuse me. Boaz. Boaz from uh, Queen of the South Queen on Netflix. South. And uh, shout out to Vanessa Love Lovato, who, of course, performed with us on that she did. Uh, episode 26 That's with right. JW. Shout out, Vanessa. Yep, yep. Um, speaking of the mission, we're here at the legendary Different Fur Studios. So many studios in SF are legendary, Jay Stone. Yeah, they are. 
We're here in the mission. We're here with uh, Grace is behind the board. She has terrible handwriting, but otherwise she's stellar. Grace Coleman. Sean, she has a shadow by the name of Sean. He's yeah. here as well. Beautiful uh, place. Behind the camera, hopefully just focusing on me and just having you guys in the background. Is <laughs> Jared? I'm kidding. Is Jared and Cedric? Cedric and Jared. Funkonauts are about to appear in a theater near you. We've been rehearsing lately. Yes. Yes. Keep your eye peeled for that. Check out ace.podcast.com. That's A-C-E-D-O-U-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. Our audio-only episodes are still popular, even though we're a video show now. People still listen to audio shows a heck of a lot. So you can listen to those on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Overcast, and tune in. The best place to check it out, though, is on our own website, because that's where we have uh, pictures and an article about the guests and stuff like that. And lastly, I just want to shout out our listeners and watchers from all over the world. We're a little clique. We're a little fam of funky people. <laughs> if you like funk, you like this show. It's impossible not to love this show if you love funk. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all you all in Tampa and West Palm Beach, Florida. Yep, yep. Denver, Colorado. Wow. Washington, D.C. Holla. Washington State. Yeah. Macon and Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta. Pittsburgh, PA. I heard it. Michigan. Wow. Ohio. Come on. Oh. Arizona. I. Oh. Our fellows across the pond, United Kingdom. Wow. Paris, France. Shout out to my expat, uh, Emily Palin. Yes. She just moved there. Emily. Come on. Canada. Germany, Japan, Latvia. People in Latvia? Latvia. I don't even know where Latvia is. I can't believe that, but it's true. And then, uh, oh, Latvia, I think it's in California, like Central California. Yeah, Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'll I'll look it up later. I'm pretty sure I'm correct, though. I know everything. And uh, everybody in Jupiter as well. Shout out to y'all. Come on. And listen to this music. You hear that jam, dude? That's Stevie P right there. That sounds like some. All right, all right. Forget forget all that stuff. Let me talk to you then. Let me talk to you, Stevie. And by the way, thank you for coming. Thank you for hanging out with us. You have a beautiful guitar. You have a beautiful vibe. We love your sound. We love your flow. Thank you. I want to talk to you about everything. I want to talk to you about your life, your career. Uh, First, let me just dip my toe on something that really interests me and try to unpack it for people because I want people to know what this is like. So we've we've interviewed a lot of people from the P-Funk camp. And uh, one thing we like to hear about you know, on stuff, we like the Mike Judge show, like uh, Tales from the Tour Bus and stuff. But that stuff's just all about drugs and partying and doing all that stuff. And we know what that's like. We like to talk about the music and how it's made and stuff like that. So um, I know that you played bass on Funk Until the Edge of Time. Right. Off the Play Me or Trade Me album by Parlette. So first of all, how old were you when you did that? Wow. Uh, I think I was... We did that We did that in 1980. So I was uh, 20. Oh, my God. I think I was 21 when it came out. And you said that was not at United Sound, but Super Disc. Yeah, that was recorded at Super Disc. Okay, so let me just, so usually, you know, on podcasts, people ask you that. Oh, you played on that. Oh, that's cool, man. And then they kind of move on. I I really want to get down into that. So, like, Mm -hmm. okay, so 1980s. So that's a different time, first of all, for P-Funk. So they've already... Had like a whole decade, they've done. They've gone to the mothership. They've uh, aqua boogied, right? And um, now it's 1980. So how do you come into the camp? First of all, is it through Tracy, or were you hanging <laughs> around anyway? I mean, that goes way back because, you know, 
I had to go back to, you know, when my mom lived in L.A. and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, one of her good friends, which is like an aunt to me, well, she's passed, but her name was Debbie Edwards. She used to go with Glenn Goins. Debbie and, Edwards, she was uh, Glenn Goins' girlfriend, right? <laughs> your friend of your mom? One of them, or whatever you want to call it. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, Associates. Um, yeah, but it was a lot of cats from people coming by all the time, you know, and me and my baby brother was. In Los Angeles? Yeah, because my, okay. my mom had moved to L.A. back in the 70s, you know. Mm. And I used, we used to go back and forth from Chicago, you know, back to, back to L.A. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they were always coming by and stuff like that, you know. And I was always in, always, I was already into music, so, you know. So what's the journey from then, though, people coming by? Sure, they come by, but, like, then how yeah. do you get put on? Well, I mean... It, it was just a, it was just a long thing that just happened. I guess you know. Eventually, I met Tracy, and I already knew his dad. You know, because I was a kid, I already knew his dad. And oh, you, kinda, oh, you knew George before? Yeah, yeah. Because I met him through Debbie. I met George through Debbie. You know, you know. Because actually, my brother was supposed to draw the album cover for Doctor Frankenstein. True. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, we're getting all wait, we're getting all kinds of information yeah, here. Yeah, so, I mean, why, so your brother, which brother? Your my, my younger, one, your younger one, brother, Chris, the one that he plays. But wait, how yeah. old would he be at that time? He was really little. He was young. He was he, a little boy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, how how would he get that opportunity? That's so cool. Well, uh, you know, George had just said to him, you know, see what you can come up with about a Doctor Frankenstein character. So it wasn't like he was supposed to draw the album cover, but. Content, you know, yeah, just you know, he just threw it out there to him. So, so would it be know. like they come over and your mom be like, Oh, yeah, well, Stevie played a guitar, George, or something like this? And to yeah, get I'm trying to figure out no, no, no. how you do Re- it. Actually, George really never came by the house, uh-huh. it was just like maybe Glenn, Gary, yeah. Gary stayed with us. But would she be selling it like that to them? How no, would that no, work? no, it wasn't nothing like that. Uh-huh. No, it, it was just you know, we went in the studio one time and George knew my brother Drew, yeah, could draw and stuff. Okay. And, and it just he just said that to him. So Word. you know, it was like it wasn't like, okay, you do the album cover. It wasn't uh, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It wasn't like that. But you know Just getting him yeah. getting him inspired but, you know, and putting all, him a scene. All kind of musicians were coming through and stuff like that. You know, a lot of my mom's friends uh, you know, were going with different musicians and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, it was just I was already in the music, so that was just cool to me. Yeah. You know, that just being around them. Were stuff you like strictly that. a bassist at the time? At that time, yeah. Definitely, without a doubt. Yeah. How did, how um, were you doing a studio jam to make play me or train me or how did the um, I'm sorry, Funk Until the Edge of Time. I'm saying the the album name. Sorry, uh, did you do a jam and then that was turned into a song? Like I'm really trying to figure out how no, that song. No, actually, I wrote that song at my in my grandmother's basement. Okay, <laughs> and I took it to Detroit, and then I showed it to George. I mean, I told him I had a track with that. And, he said, okay, we'll go ahead and do a demo of it. So we did it on a reel-to-reel first. And, uh, you know, one of the Ali brothers, uh, Jerome Ali, plays guitar. With, uh-huh. He uh, played guitar on it and stuff like that. And he uh, we showed it to let's, let Georgia hear it. And he said, go ahead and cut it for real. So we went to Disc and cut it. And that was it. I mean, wow. got on the album. Wow, you know? wow. And then how did you... F- Feel it. So it sounds like you like kind of campaigned for the song. Like you say, I got nah, this song. I really nah, like it. No, nah, I didn't do that. I just, yeah, you know, I told him I had something, and uh, you know, he was just like, go ahead and do it. You know, pretty much. We did the, we, we cut it on the reel first, on the reel to reel first. On the eight track, then. Well, yeah. Uh huh. And then you know he heard it, and then he right. was like, go ahead and cut it for real. For real, for real. And Jeanette uh, Washington Perkins uh, helped me with you know the vocals on it, the lyrics. 
and uh, Ron Dunbar produced it and helped with Ron the Dunbar, wow. Yeah. You know, we went and super and we cut it, and it, you know, and made the album, you know. And wow. then Fred Wesley, um, he uh, arranged the horns and did the horns on right, it. Right, right. It's such a great yeah. horn. Horny horns too. did the horns on that. Mm -hmm. You must have loved that. Yeah, I mean, being almost like a teenager, you got the horny horns playing on your stuff. So <laughs> that was, I felt pretty good. I bet. Yeah. You must have been Jack, man. I mean, I felt good. Yeah. I felt good. At that time, I felt pretty good. Yeah. What was going on in your mind at that time? Was that the first, very first thing you did for PFARC? No, I mean, we were working on the trade loose stuff. And, okay. You know, and just being there got me on that, you know, just being around all that stuff, you know, because we, we would go to the studio and, you know, and George would be recording something that's like that. You like, come on in here, you know, and just get on the vocals or whatever, you know, you just get on the song. Right. Well, right. you know, so it just happened like that. It wasn't planned. Like you come and you come, nothing like that. Right. Everybody would just like it's a session going over there. You just show up and you know you get on the track, just singing background vocals or whatever. Right. You know. Did you get paid at all for uh, Funkin' to the Edge of Time? Yeah. Great. Yeah. 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 That's good. Man. I ain't gonna get deep into that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know. No. I'm just. I'm just curious. I'm curious about yeah. how all this works because it's so fascinating. It's so yeah. cool. And like because yeah, it actually made um. The, the uh, greatest hits, what you would have called the best of Parlette. Yeah, so yeah. You got reissued, it's on that re too. reissued, yeah, reissued or yep. something like that. So, yep. so that, that that was pretty good. That's when you know, the money started coming in. Wow. Nice. That, that is so yeah. cool, it's a man. Blessing. Yeah. It sounds like um, it's almost hard to imagine nowadays. Like it sounds like such an open scene because P Funk was so big at the time, yet they sound like so open to working with the younger generation. It was like a revolving door. You know, mm -hmm. that's that pretty much, you know. You know, nobody was like signed to do whatever and nothing like that. Were so. people down to earth with you? Were people like kinda like, Who's this guy or no, what do you think? No, no. I mean, it was pretty much like a family. It was fun. A lot of fun. Too much fun sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we we talked about that before. And you were twenty yeah. at that time, huh? Yeah, like you know, yeah, definitely. It was like right after uh knee deep. You right. know, that's when, right. we, you know, we kind of came on the scene like that with, with, you know, Tracy and the Trey Luke thing like we were doing, mm -hmm. uh, you know. And Gar Gary Scheider actually produced that album. Right, right, uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. What was it like? I know you told me before he's kind of like a, a mentor to you. What was it like working with Gary? What was he like? He was he was just great at what he did. You know, he was a hell of a producer to me. You know, uh, you know besides the guitar playing and his vocals and everything, you know, he just... You know, he he worked good with us. You know, he you know it was a project that he I think he was pretty proud of. But you know, I always hear that like uh, people always speak very kindly of Gary as like just how he works with people as a producer and Gary's stuff like great. that. Gary's great. And yeah. I actually didn't realize he did so much production. Didn't he do a lot on Trombipulation? Too? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, he arranged all them vocals on all that, and you know, wow. He was great with that. You know, he arranged all the vocals on Atomic Dog and stuff. You know? Wow. Yeah, I knew that, man. Yeah, That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Gary was something else. Yeah. By the way, you guys at home, Gary Scheider was the gentleman you might have noticed who would wear a diaper often on stage. We were diaper talking about man. diapers earlier. Right. Right. And he's uh, just an amazing <laughs> band leader to P-Funk and all that. Yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So you're from the south side of Chicago. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But you say... Um, you would go to L.A. a lot, so would you kind of Yeah, split? my mom moved to L.A. in the 70s, so, you know, we, me and my brother used to go back and forth, you know. Mm -hmm. and uh, What's the age split between you and your brother? Six years. Six years, that's right, that's right. 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 And you used to go back and forth, and that's actually, that's where you met uh, Tracy. Is... Yeah, I mean, I met Tracy after I knew his dad, so, yeah. 
And then and it was just on a fluke. You know, I had a friend of mine that just happened to know him. You know, and his guitar playing and everything was so abstract because he played upside down. Mm, you know, right? And, and you know, he had these crazy lyrics, this and that. And I'm like, wow. You know, kind of. Would he string it upside down or play it upside down? Uh, well, he would take this guitar right here and just yeah. turn it upside down and play it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so his E string was on the bottom. Right. That's kind of crazy. To I me. know. And then, and then his his lines would be like, I'm like, wow. Trying to play, it was like back was like he did do some shit. It was right. just like beat. Oh man. I'm like, wow. That's a whole you know. other thought process. Yeah. yeah, it sure is. You know, and yeah. it took some getting used to system. for a minute, but I was attracted to it. You yeah. Know? Right. Sure. Because yeah. it was it was different. It's different. You know, it was different. So. Do he still play? Yeah, he plays. He's doing more singing and rapping now, but yeah. he's still playing. But he still got his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know cool. some of the cats that used to slide through or that you got a chance to meet, some of them before they were famous, like Minnie Ripperton, right? Well, I mean, my mom went to school with her, you know, so I I was a kid, so I really didn't, I didn't know her like that, you know. But. Curtis Mayfield? Yeah, and my, yeah, because he's come by, my mom was married and her, her husband, you know, my stepdad uh, was an artist. And he did a few of the art projects or, uh, you know, covers or whatever for him. Mm. So those were just people oh. coming through. And I was a kid, so I'm like, wow. you know, I, would, I didn't think anything of it. Did right. you mention, yeah. like, the check your mind, check out your mind? Yeah, cover? That, yeah. yeah, the poster and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And then um, we mentioned that uh, one of your mom's friends, Debbie Ed Edwards, uh, was go or... She was associated with friends with Glenn Goins. But she, yeah. And she that, also sang on like yeah. Clones, Mothership. That album, that whole album. Chocolate City, right, yeah. Tales of Kid Fucking Delic, right? Right, right. Did you ever get to check out any of those sessions when you were like a little kid? Yeah, or? I actually, uh, like the track Getting to Know You, mm -hmm. I saw Boosie cut the bass on that. And it was like Damn. three bass tracks, or three or four, I think, maybe, maybe wow. four. Yeah, yeah. Did he just cut one track after the other? Right, yeah. They all blended in together. Oh wow! Was that and then Gary sound? actually okay. brought the cassette, you know, back to the house that that night, you know. So you wow. know, I heard it before it was like any horns on it or anything like that. Wow, that's so cool, man! Yeah, yeah. I get so jealous. I had to be like stuff. sixteen or something like that, right? Man. Yeah. Oh my god, this was <laughs> so jacked. Right. Um, you said some story. I'm trying to remember that. Bernie Worrell once scared your mom like out of the studio, <laughs> like she got scared or something. What was that? This is what she told me. I mean, they were doing the, the song uh, "Tales of Kid Funkadelic" at right. Hollywood Sound, <laughs> and they, you know that song is pretty spooky if you ever check it out. Yeah, uh -huh. you know the keyboard just goes into some, you know. Yeah, that's a weird. Mm, you, know, you know how it is, and you know she could have been on the album, or, you know, credits on the album, but right. she, you know, she's like, ah, oh, this is too much for me, so <laughs> she left. <laughs> That's what she told us. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so she got like a bad vibe from like the chorus. Something well, about it just I don't know if it, I was that. I think it scared her most of all. I can you experience so, that. I mean, I've I experienced know. that. Yeah. With, uh, uh, that, that keyboard song on Let's Take It to the Stage. Right. Yeah. My brother used yeah, to put that's the a weird speakers song. up to my ear and just talk, you know, yeah. whatever he was doing. It, it, that, that song that makes song, you feel like oh the Joker God, or something. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. And um, at what point did you pick up the bass? Like, when did you start playing? I started playing bass. Uh, I probably was, you know, like 15 or something like that. You know, I actually got a guitar first, but I started playing bass. Uh, yeah, my stepdad gave me a bass when I was probably like 15. Do you remember what kind it was? Yeah, it was a Sears Telecaster bass. Oh, nice. Sears. I love that. <laughs> Shit out of that bass. <laughs> you know. What did you love about it? I mean, it just, to, you know, it felt 
really real to me. And it wasn't a, like a friend of jazz, like, you know, which I graduated to. But at that time, I thought it was the real deal. It felt really great. Nice. Wow. You know, the action on it was good. And shoot, even, you know, the guys like Gary and Glennon come by, they play it, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, that bass had been through some stuff. Nice. <laughs> if, I, if I had that held it on the wall, I mean, a lot of people touched that bass. So wow. You still got it? No, I don't okay. have it anymore. No. Um, who were your first influences on the bass? Like I was actually a whole first into you know, of course the Motown thing, but uh I Verdine White, you know, all the Earth Wind and Fire stuff. I was really off into that. And uh Bootsy and Boogie, you know, and Billy. Billy used to teach me. Billy Bass. Yeah. Oh yeah, um Billy Bass yeah. used to teach you yeah. some he's, stuff. He's, he's, he's a, come by the house and actually, you know, show me stuff and between him and Eddie and um you know, later on, you know, me and Lodge kind of sat down a lot together too. Mm -hmm. But that was that was pretty much it. Nice for That's, you know teachers, so yeah, to speak, yeah. So to speak. That's amazing, yeah. man. So okay, so let's let me talk about with you about Plastic Brain Flam. Um, so first of all, so this is an album that was supposed to be your group is kind of like Trailudes, the supposed to be uh, the lead singer. Or, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, Georgia Sound Tracy. And then um, we heard something about this. Andre talked about you all were living like in the house together or something? Yeah, Georgia got this uh, house because of the hotel thing they were staying, everybody was staying at was, was so packed, you know. So he got this house, you know, in West Detroit you know, on the street called Robeson. And uh, we stayed there. You we guys all there. teenagers? We were barely out of teenagers. We were like 20, early 20s and late teens. <laughs> Everybody. Uh, yeah, Sounds every, you know, a little all that, bit fun. You know, then we had uh, Jeanette Washington Perkins now. She she stayed there for a while and, you know, Jerome Rogers, keyboard player. Okay. Myself, Andre Fox. And then wow. you, you said yeah, that was there. before what we talked about earlier about the, uh, the whole Parlette thing and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So you're standing, you're standing in the big house with all the other cats. And where did you work on that album? At um, Superdisc? Yeah. Well, the, when we first started on it, it was actually at United Sound. Okay, and was you know, Gary Scheider also a producer? Yeah, he, he, from the beginning. From the very beginning. Yeah, he, he, uh, uh, George gave him, the, like, you, 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 you do them guys. How many? Because we were young, and yeah, yeah. George wanted to do that. <laughs> he didn't want to do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, so that was, that was like Gary's project. So. <laughs> nice. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, right. And then what I wanted to understand is, like, how many songs did you do? Were you writing songs? Who was writing for Yeah, it? I mean, I had written songs before I even, before we went to Detroit, you know, and uh, I mean, because... Me and Tracy were doing stuff together in L.A. So we had the songs that we wanted to do when we got there. All right. You know. So like, you'd work them out on cassette and then take them to? Yeah. He would, Tracy would, you know, go out there to uh, Detroit to see his dad when we were all in L.A. And right. he would come back, yeah, dad, other shit, you know, blah, 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 Word. stuff like that. So, you know, eventually, you know, we just all went out there. And and we didn't get sent for. We bogarted our way there. I heard it. You know. Yeah. We just went out there. So was like, damn, they here. We just had it in our minds, we're going to go do this. So United Sound, was was it an open studio like like this, like you can rent it out type of deal? Or in yeah, Georgia? but it was pretty booked. But and Georgia was just blocking out. That was when he did most of the really big, big hits. He so when so time. when he got something that he listened to and he's like, okay, this is cool, y'all just go like yeah. that and cut it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if it, if time permitted, you know, we would do stuff over there. Right. Pretty much and stuff, you know. Nice. Later on, we started doing stuff at Superdisc. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but... Yeah. What cool uh, what point did you find out like the record wasn't going to come out? Like, was it all mixed and everything, or did you just no? It, it, it was never completed. It okay. was never finished, you know. So, but uh, 
they put it, some of the stuff out on the Family Series stuff as is, you know. Yeah, how many tracks did they put out from it? On I Family think, Series? if I'm correct, it might be three or four. That's cool, man. You must have been happy about that when that adventure came out, like what, the early 90s I mean, or something? I mean, th- at least it didn't just sit on the shelf, so that was kind of right. cool, I guess, you know. Right, right. You know, you know, but, you know, I wanted, you know, bigger things to happen from it, which it never did, but, you know, it was a good experience. Mm-hmm. And they did, yeah, that sounds like a great experience. And they didn't yeah. sign you guys anything or anything no, like that? No, we didn't get, 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 get to that point yet. Who else mm-hmm. was in that band or on that album? Uh, uh, well, we had me, myself, I mean, me, Andre Fox, Tracy. Uh, uh, and you were on bass, right? And later Kevin Scheider. Kevin Scheider. Actually, Kevin Gorms played on the early stuff. Nice. You know, on a couple of, at least two tracks, I think. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know uh, Jerome Rogers played on a lot of that. And even Bernie played on maybe one or two. You know, wow. Gary played guitar on the two, and myself playing bass, and, you know, Andre playing guitar, and, Wow, and stuff like that, and Kevin Scheider. Later, he I think he was the last one to count. That's mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. yeah man, so yeah. much good music. I mean, would y'all? I mean, mindset as you are doing this stuff. Did you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, just from myself, because what you know, what we do. Did you know that? How did you feel? I mean, was it? You know, this music is going out to the nation, into the world. As as a, yeah. a a twenty year old or whatever in that thing with the people you're surrounded with, how'd that feel? I mean, I was hoping and wishing for bigger things. Were you know? Well, you're not done yet, brother. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying it like that, but you know, at that time, uh, you know, I was just, you know. Yeah, that must have felt pretty incredible, man. I felt, mean, it felt pretty good. And you saw, um, you were in the studio when they were doing electric spanking and like trombulation too, right? Yeah, I just did background vocals on some of that. That sounds fun as hell. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. You know, if you were there, you get on a record. You know, a lot of that was just being at the right place at the right time. No you doubt. Know, just, just being there. Did, so be like, get on in there. Classic. <laughs> so, wait a minute. One thing I just remembered about um, electric spanking was Sly Stone walking around in the studio too at that time? No, he came on. After we actually, before George put that out and Sly came out there, he added him on all that. Oh, oh gotcha. Okay. I wondered about he that. He wasn't there when we did it. All gotcha. Right. You know, because yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I'm saying on the same track, right, but right. he wasn't there when we did that. All all right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. Heavy duty. Yeah. Yeah. Those tracks are bad right there. Yeah, yeah. Hell, yeah. yeah, they are. The album cover, you know, they had a dispute with Warner Brothers. Yeah, they, they had didn't two want to album covers, right? Yeah, it was too nasty for them. <laughs> right. And they had to go back and change it. And, no, they, yeah. You know, it just, that was the last Warner Brothers thing. Too, I had did. the original, I have both of them. Oh, yeah. I had both right. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had that crazy song at the end, yeah, Ika yeah. Prick, that song was crazy. Yeah. Well, yo, hey, uh, speaking of those jams, why don't we play some jams, man? All right. I got my bass. Oh, we'll call right. Colin here and we'll jam a little bit. How about that? Okay, cool. All right, let's do it. Oh, oh, oh. 
play so fine, don't you agree? that felt good it feels good to jam speaking of jamming um, i want to ask you about um you're correcting me before so it wasn't you were a roommate with eddie hazel but you did stay or live with him at some point uh right? well it in was, 79 or so yeah my mom's uh friend her name was dewan blodgett she was you know one eddie's girlfriend mm-hmm i like to say one of them because it's probably a bunch <laughs> but my mom was real close with her and uh uh, I stayed with them for a little while. Yeah, so that must have been. And I, I got real yeah. close with him, you know. And uh, you did get close with him. Yeah, he showed me a whole lot. What of was stuff. he like, man? Really, really. Uh, he was easy going, you know. Crazy as hell, but he was. <laughs> he, a, he, he he was easy going, and he didn't have the star vibe on him like I'm Eddie Hazel. He was more mm-hmm. of an adult to you, like a like a father figure. Yeah, like a big brother, so okay. to speak. So like, to speak, something like, like that. how many years difference? If he oh. was your mom's 
if he was your mom's uh, He's like course. 10 years older than me because okay, I think yeah, I'm yeah. 1960 and he's 1950. Okay. So, you know. Yeah. Word. All right. Yeah. yeah. Perspective. Yeah. So y'all yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. That must have been a kind of a, a rich experience brushing off on I was on probably that. closer to him than anybody in wow. the whole P-Funk thing. That's yeah. dope. Yeah. 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 Why do you think that was? What was it about Well, because him? I spent a lot of time with him. Mm-hmm. Cause, you know, yeah, you was yeah. over there. Yeah, and then you know, we spend time here in the Bay Area. We spend time in uh, oh, damn, because yeah, Dewan is from here. DeJuan That's Black right. You were here. telling me you and Eddie Hazel went to the Oakland Hills to whose house? Who? Oh, my friend uh, Andre Hernandez used to be the in the road engineer for the Whispers. Oh yeah, and, and he said he, he met invited, Rusty Allen there like yeah, back in the day. I, I did, I did. And wow. Eddie, Eddie was there. Me, me and Eddie was there at Trip. the same time. And I had to be like 16 or 17. This this was uh, in the East Oakland Hills. Yes, right, exactly. Right. You know, this is there. by, for us, anybody actually, the by house Nolan was like, Park. The house the he zoo. had was like on stilts. And I used to like long yeah, steps yeah, going up like yeah. that. Yeah, big, big time. The yeah, Oakland yeah. Hills is no joke. It's right. really beautiful over yeah, there. Yeah, yes it is. Yeah, yes, different it is. from the flatlands. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I didn't know that, um, I didn't realize that Eddie uh, hung out in the bay like that too. Yeah, mainly because of Dewan. <laughs> wow, wow. Mainly did, because of that. Did you, you know. get into guitar because of Eddie, kind of? You know. Instead of the bass? I always wanted to play guitar, but, you know, I, I was a bass player. But, you know, just, you know, how you know, you, you know, you're playing with a band and you put your instruments down and everybody kind of switches up. Yeah. At, at, at halftime. Right. <laughs> so to speak. To, uh, to go get, you know, the bass player to go get on the drums, the guitar player to go get on the bass, right. and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, it, kind of like that. So, and then, then, you know, then my brother, you know, plays guitar, and, and we both play bass too. So, you know, it just—it it was always a guitar, bass laying around. So, yeah, yeah, just kind of start playing it, right. kind of, so to speak. You know, Did, is there any particular musical lesson you might have learned from Eddie that you remember? A or lesson, general no, I mean, philosophy. It, or? It, it would be times that we would play stuff, and you know, on a guitar, I'd be playing it right here. He's like, "Why are you playing it? Why are you doing it that?" And this note is right here. You know, you you down mm, all the way down okay. here, and you know everything's right here. You know, so he would tell Give me, me like, perspective. yeah, I'm like, I'd go the long route playing a note, and then he would be like, it's right economic. here. Yeah. You know, you know, you don't have to move so far. Yeah, economic. you know, just little things like that. He would show me. It'd be yeah. the same feel I was playing. He loved the feel I was doing. Yeah, but he was like, everything's right in this rim. No, you ain't got to go all the way down here. Totally. Wow. You know, so yeah, a lot of that kind of stuff he would get on me about. Uh -huh. but, that's no, excellent. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. long did that period last? Do you remember when you it was were off and on for for some years? Do you well, remember? It, when it you wasn't were... just a period, you know. Yeah. Just off and on for a few, years, you know, some years. Did you know um, mm -hmm. that he was sick like early, or did he... no, no? I mean, no, I didn't know that till later you on. Didn't know that till later on. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Did he know? Because back then, you know, in the seventies, when you know when I met him when I was a kid, you know, he wasn't sick. He was he was fine. Yeah, right. That that happened later on in the. The nineties, right? Mm -hmm. Do you remember yeah. where you were, what you were doing when you found out that he passed? actually? I was in Hayward, California, and I found out that in Hayward when he passed. That, wow! That, yeah, that, that kind of me was up. he trying to hide it? You think? No, no, I don't think he was trying to hide it. You uh -huh. know, he was just—he just wanted to be himself, and you know, it was kind of hard for him to do that, yeah. being sick because he had already been hospitalized. So, Word. you know, and you know, I don't really want to get into it, but. Yeah, you know, we're asking because we have a similar experience. Yeah. I was like about to say group, that, uh, passed away a couple I, years ago. I, I don't want to get into that. it. You yeah, know, yeah. But, you know, he was. You know, our he did Eddie the same Hazel, thing. He didn't really yeah. tell us. You our know. Eddie Hazel is brother Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Patrick Owen. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah. really, you know, he wasn't doing good, man. And yeah, uh, well, that's real talk. Just, I mean, it just, you know, it was 
you know, hey man. Yeah, it's lies. Yeah, we just want yeah. I just want to memorialize it. Yeah, and then also no. with lies, you said lies has been Lodge, like a big breath to you. Lodge Curry, yeah. yeah so I mean, because you know, how's that relationship? When, when we first went to Detroit, Lodge was there, and they, you know, it was this hotel called the Crystal House, and everybody, Gary and Bernie and everybody was standing in, this, in, 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 in and it's like a motel, a hotel, what you want to call it? Yeah. And uh, you know, it was just. A residency, so to speak. So George would rent this out for yeah, the band? Yeah, I mean, for a long time. And that's one of the reasons like I think he got, he got the house on Robeson because okay. it was packed. You that's know? wild, man. And we used to go over there and just, i go over man. and hang out with Lodge and Michael, you know, and just start playing. And, you know, Lodge started, you know, just showing me licks and we take licks back and forth and this and that. And in between time, are you guys doing shows or is it just dedicated studio time? No, oh, pretty much. How is that it, it, it would be a big gap pretty much at that time when it would just be studio. And then you're also, um, you're also really good buddies with Kevin Goins, right? Yeah. And yeah, definitely. For all you guys, that's a guitarist singer, obviously brother to Quasar. the late uh, Glenn Goins for, Quasar, check out that album. Quasar Funk with a big foot, right. and then also uh, General Kane, right? Yeah, he he sang with General Kane. He played with them, yes. What? Um, tell yeah. me about that relationship. What you guys are close, right? Yeah, me and Kevin. Uh, it's funny when when we first went to Detroit to do the trailer stuff. George had us in a travel lodge, the, <laughs> the, the you know hotel, motel, whatever. And uh, for some reason, Kevin came there, and I don't know if George was trying to. Hook him up with us, or whatever. But he had a room in there, you yeah. know. And we saw him. We were at United Sound. Oh, this is how it happened. We saw him get out the cab at United Sound, you know. And and I was like, man, it looked like Glenn almost. Right. To myself, I said that when I saw yeah, him get right, out the car. Right, right. At that time, he really looked like his brother, and I was like, wow, kind of freaked me out a little bit. And me and Gary was in the cab, and we saw him get out. He said, that's Kevin. And I wonder what he, you know, Gary saying, I wonder what he's here for, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But um, that evening, you know, he got a, got a room at where we were at. at, at same hotel. Yeah. Same hotel. And, uh, <laughs> but y'all didn't run across each other in coming no, in the no, studio? No, 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 we didn't. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> actually, Kevin had, he, you know, I went to his hotel room because okay. he was in there by himself. And I'm like, this Knock on the door, what's Knock up? Knock on the door, what's up? Yeah. And we started talking, man. He said, hey, man, you want to go get some wine? We went and got some Rich's Wild Irish Rose. Right. You got some what? Some Wild Irish Rose. Oh, got it. <laughs> yeah, like some Thunderbird or some shit like that. There's a commercial. <laughs> That's a commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. You, you guys are still tight now, right? Yeah, definitely, man. He's, he's a good friend of mine. You know, a good friend of mine. We've been close forever. And then, you know, we actually, I went to L.A. and we had a place together, you know, apartment together and uh, nice. his wife was in there we was all in a studio apartment together. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that didn't last too long that, 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 that didn't last too long you know so we did that for a while but he's a good he's a good friend of mine wow. very very underrated too i think uh, right no doubt Did you think so yeah yeah i mean kevin's great you know kevin's great you know he's, he's good you know your brother uh by the way you mentioned earlier uh Chris Bruce, he's no joke, man. He played with, uh, who do you play with? Wendy and Lisa? I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah my, my baby brother, man. He uh, played with Wendy and Lisa. Uh, Cheryl Crow? Cheryl Crow. Wow. Um, 
heavyweights. And uh, my favorite, Michelle, one of his credits. Yeah, I Michelle, love Michelle and Degacello. She is. I finally can say it right. I think I got it right. You Michelle and Degacello. <laughs> yeah. 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 I couldn't say it right for a long time. You know, he did that. And, uh, That's you know, amazing. And, and you guys are, are close too, man. You're the musicians in the man, family. Man, my baby brother is just like, we, six years apart, but he's just wise but un, beyond his years. You know, just like, is he, is he he's the, my teacher, to tell right. you the truth. He was your teacher. Yeah, man. Wow. He's like, you know, I love him. Why do you death. say that? Because, uh, you know, he just, it, my brother was kind of, when he was a kid, he, he was already special because he could put the Slash Stone records on the needle in the groove and at two years old. Oh really? You know, <laughs> and, and find you know, the groove, find the beginning of the song. I mean, he, he could put the which one he wanted. Right, you know, he was doing it like that. Wow. So, you know, we already knew like, oh, that's kind of he, he kind of different. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you know, pretty much, you know, and then you know, he was in the funk for me pretty much because he was in the slide and I was in a to the Motown shit. All right, you know, so it's like shout out to Chris. You know, I'm like, damn, Chris. Yeah, shout out to my yeah, baby brother, Chris, Chris, Chris Bruce. Man. No doubt. Yes, yes, yeah. And, oh, sure. was he the one that just like recorded Electric Ladyland? Is that him? Yeah, he's he's been working wow. out. Wow, that's cool, man. That is dope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What did, do you know what he did worked on over there? I really don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I forget. I don't but know. He was there. And this was like <laughs> a few weeks ago or so. so and by the amazing. way, I really like um, I really like your what you've played for me so far from the EP you got coming out. Yeah, and he and my brother's with helping me that. with all this. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's yeah, cool, man. Yeah, That's so definitely, great. Definitely. Yeah. And I want to get Jason on some of this shit, too. That's a good call. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Right, right. You yeah. told me he sent you some tracks, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I, something to listen to, but we're mm-hmm. going to get there. We're no doubt. There. And you yeah. lived in uh, Nashville for a while, too, right? Yeah, my son's from Nashville. Yeah, I lived there Your for almost Nashville. three years. That's a guitar town. Big time. Yeah. You know, it kind of depends on what kind of guitar you know. Is that when you, <laughs> when you picked up this one, this thin line? When you moved, when you moved to Nashville, no, 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 no. Actually, Chris, my brother, gave this to me. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. He has another telly. Uh, like we were talking about that the other day. Yeah. The solid body. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You asked me about the, the difference between the thin the line. sound, yeah, and the feel. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely a difference, but he has one. Yeah. What are your favorite kind of amps? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, on bass amps, I like the Mason Boogie. You know, and uh, my favorite. And uh, shoot. All these amps over here. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I like uh, the Marshall. And, oh, we're uh, going to give those as parting uh, gifts, by the way. Know, Just pick out your favorites. <laughs> the, the, the Deluxe Reverb and all that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a bunch of them to choose from, so it's kind of cool. Because each you, one has a classic sound that you Yeah, they do. They do. To. You know, right. and I could have picked any one of these, right. but I picked this one, so right. it's good. And, yeah. and yeah. That's yeah. how I, I work, too. And you like the Fender Jazz for bass, right? Oh, yeah. I live by that, man. I love it. You know, I play a lot of basses, but... You can't go wrong with the jazz, man. And that's the ultimate funk bass to me. Right. You know, so Likewise. I'm just speaking for me. So, you know, right. And then um, why the Vegas move? Why did you move to Vegas? That's where you're living I, now. I don't have an explanation for that. You don't? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I have family. Did you just wake up and find yourself no, I have family there. You know, I have uh-huh. uncles and aunts and stuff there. You know, they moved there back in the 80s. And you know, I, I kind of went there and ended up staying. You know, um, I think... I, I just I'm in a, like a musical mood, so I think uh, I want to get into playing some music again. Just before we leave, I want to make sure I want to plug one more time. It's going to be coming out soon. I don't know if you know when it's coming out, but he's got the EP no, Stevie P. What do you think? Soon. It'll be soon. I okay. can't I can't give you exact date, but it's going to be soon. You have a Facebook or anything like that? People yes, follow you. Yeah. Stevie Pinnell. Yes, yeah. that's, that's it. And that's yeah. with uh, 
two N's and two and L's. Instagram, Stevie Pinnell. I mean, Pinnell Stevie on Instagram. Right on, man. Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll document all that. Is there... Yeah. So, you have a lot of experience and stuff, and uh, you have a lot of perspective, and we've been talking about this a lot already and like, the w- ride back and forth from the studio. Is there anything, like, you learned over the years or advice you could give to, like, younger cats about just, like, I don't know, music business, playing in the band? Well, I mean, like you said, business. I mean, what I didn't pay attention to growing up, you know, because we were having too much fun, like, it's like... 10% music and the rest is business. Right. So okay. that, that's where... That's the equation? That's the equation. So you Get know, your business down. Get youngsters. your business down because it's a bunch of people that can play. Right. You, know, you got to do that. You got to do that. So You heard it? Get your business down. Yeah. You know, it's like 80% business and the rest is music. 20% you know, live. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Right. Let me... You know what? I just realized, too, we should probably mention... Jay, can you speak on? Remember when we were talking when we were rehearsing yesterday? Right. You're just talking about his like guitar style. Oh, uh, yeah. can we expand on that? So we're just talking yeah. about. Well, it's it's the for me. It's like growing up and like listening to Eddie Hazel and you know the mm-hmm. whole guitar armada from P Funk. Yeah, there's a certain thing they do armada. where it might be from. Uh, inspiration from Curtis Mayfield or Jimi Hendrix or something, but mm-hmm. it's like I don't know what the reverb and the wah wah and the combination of the two, and the the nuance of the strike of the strings. And that tone. I fell in love with that, you know. And if mm-hmm. you can describe it like that, then you can eventually achieve it. Is what I'm was what I'm gravitating to. That's why I keep asking them about it every fucking five. Even when I get them outside. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. But. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really important because you don't hear that in music today. You know, it's somebody pressing a button, whether it's trap music or some hip hop. But the the writing aspect of music and timeless progressions isn't there anymore. It's a loop. Mm-hmm. And that loop is a dead end to nothing. You know, it's not making your mind transcend or mm-hmm. whatever. The, you know, it's Even just keeping you in one it. spot. And it's a trap, trap music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That, title, that title, that title, something else, isn't it? Yeah, man. I'm like, and, and that's why I don't like to give music, uh, you know, like titles. Like, yeah. what kind of music do you like? It's not. Right. I'm like, if, if it sounds good to me, I like it. Right, right. We were talking about that earlier. We were talking about that earlier. You know, it's like, oh, man. Trap. Trap. And we're even talking about, like, mm-hmm. you know, I could appreciate, like, somebody like Stanley Clark. Oh, like man. on the bass, but that's not my favorite player. Like I'm just right, not. Right, that's right, not right, my. Right, right. I like like cool from Cool in the Gang. Right. Somebody like that is just right, locking right, me like something. Right, have right. a nice right. fat sound being there with the drummer. Right, right, right. Those underrated. Something you can, something you can feel. Yeah, right. something you can feel. Right. And we can feel you, my brother, all the way going back until funk until the edge of time from Play Me or Trade Me. Yes, sir. It's been so great having you here. Let's Thank have you. one more jam before we head on back. What do you say, Stevie P? Let's do it, man. And then we'll let you take home one of these amplifiers. That's a prize. <laughs> oh, man. Great, great that's that's the prize. Out. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right. Anyway, man, it's been yeah. great having hey, great. you, my brother. Right uh, what, um, Grace, what, um, uh, where am I in the mix? I'm going to turn my bass up a little bit. Top three. Should be like on the bass. Top three. <laughs> Wait a minute, you mean the knob that's laying the bass? That's where the bass is? <laughs> that's a little on the nose, don't you see? <laughs> I like more subtlety. No. Alright. Um, that was stupid. Okay. Um, 
stronger. Funk is stronger. <laughs> Guys, in a good groove. Again, the brothers from Planet Funk have brought us here to unlock the negative vibrations that subdue the Earth's consciousness. You can say that again, brother. The negative vibrations that subdue okay. the Earth's consciousness. Silly Miller made a longer. 